And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying. See, they were crying too. That means they were shouting. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. And using a portion of that verse of scripture, the Lord laid this on our heart, maybe last night. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. And I'd like to preach, uh, the Lord laid on our heart a message entitled, Upside Down Living. Upside Down Living. Reverend Patterson, would you ask, sir, the Lord's blessing? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the service. Father, we just pray and ask right now that you bless pastors. He preaches your word in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Two guys are working on a building site. One guy, it was Monday, right? So one guy's like, I do not want to be here. They're in this house under construction. He said, I'm getting the day off. He tells his friend. Don't get any ideas, Brother Spencer. So. Uh, yes, so one of the two friends gets up in the rafters and he hangs upside down. And he's hanging upside down, his hair and everything, and stuff's falling out of his pockets. And the foreman comes in and says, what? In the world are you doing? And the man kind of ignores the foreman. He says, I'm a light bulb. I'm a light bulb. I'm a light bulb. And after a while, the foreman says, you are acting crazy. Get your stuff and go home. So the man gets down, gets all his stuff, his work bags, and just walks out and leaves, right? So his friend who's sitting in the same place, he begins to pack up his stuff and get ready to leave. And the foreman said, what are you doing? And the friend said, well, I can't work in the dark. (laughs) You know that when God does something in our lives, it turns things upside down. I remember going uh, in in the military, there was something, there was something called the Hilo Dunker. Have you been to the Hilo Dunker? No? Okay. We went to a place called El Toro, California at the time. I think they've moved it since then. And you get into what looks like... Did you do the Hilo Dunker, brother? Oh, I just know El Toro's not there anymore. Oh, it's not there anymore. Wiped off the map. Showed my age, right? <laughs> and they had this big swimming pool, and they had what looked like the, uh, the chassis of the middle of a big helicopter, right? And so you'd get into this thing. Did you get to do this? Oh, you did? Oh, so you know what I'm talking about. Okay. We, we, we there. And you got in, and what they would do is they would drop this chassis to simulate a helicopter crash into a pool. And then since the helicopter is top-heavy, like most of us over 40, right? We're top-heavy, right? So as soon as it hits the water, it flips upside down, and then it sinks. So what it enables you to do is to prepare for that possible eventuality and learn to survive when this happens. So they do it a few times and uh, you get used to it. You kind of hold your breath and you sink pretty slow. I don't know if you remember this and you go and you hold your breath right before that water comes up and then it sinks to the bottom of the pool and sometimes it turns on its side. Sometimes it turns upside down. Well, two things you need to do. 
You need to keep your seatbelt on. Because when things start moving, keep your seatbelt on, okay? And then it will turn upside down. The second thing is, find the exit where you're going to get out and hold a hand. They have these steel rails that run along the side of the chassis. So you hold your hand onto one of those rails so that you can follow it in the dark and in the mayhem after the helicopter stops moving. You're supposed to take your seatbelt off and you follow that point of reference to get out. Now, the last time that they did it, I don't know if they did it with this with you, brother, but they, they put blackout goggles on, right? So you see the same thing that Stevie Wonder sees, nothing. And then you have to rely on that point of reference that you're holding and literally by faith, right? You have to pull yourself until you feel that exit window. And this is done with a little bit of uh, excitement because you can't breathe underwater, right? So this is what happens and you're upside down to boot, right? And I began to think about that. That's kind of like serving God. When, when Jesus came to this world, he turned the world upside down. And the first thing in upside down living, I'd like to share that first of all, when Jesus came to the world, Jesus turned religion upside down. You know that a lot of times people, they, uh, when Paul got in trouble for this, what was he preaching that got people so excited and it got this crowd to say, they've turned the world upside down. What Paul preached was this, Acts chapter 17 and verse 3, that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. That when Jesus died on the cross and Jesus rose from the dead, it messed up everybody's religion. You know what people really think about religion? In every religion, you work yourself into the good grace of the God. And you work yourself, you, you, you go up all of these steps, you pray the you know, penances and you sacrifice, and then maybe, just maybe, you'll be accepted. I went uh, to a mosque when I was in Orlando. There were some tour groups my mom was leading. And the imam, who was the head of the mosque, uh, one of the students, international students, raised their hand and said, how do you know if you go to heaven in Islam, in the, in the Muslim religion? You know what the imam, the imam is the teacher, like the, the preacher. He said, you don't know. No, I didn't say that. That's what they said. He said, you basically do your best. You work real hard. And then there's going to be a great judgment by Allah, by the God, after you die. And then, hope you make it. I mean, but there's like no guarantees. So you see, people are very much into work. They're, they'll pray and they'll do all these other things. But you see, Jesus, he flipped it on its head. You know what Jesus wants from you before you become a Christian, before you get saved, before you get forgiven? Nothing. God doesn't want you to do anything. He doesn't want you to work real hard. He doesn't want you to be a good person. He doesn't want you to learn to, to dress a different way. You know what he wants for you to do? Nothing. Because Jesus did everything. By the work of the cross, Jesus gained our salvation. By the resurrection, Jesus bought our forgiveness. Jesus did everything. And so what we need to do is the Bible said, for by grace are you saved through faith. That's turned upside down, right? Thank God, right? 
and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, some of us will receive gifts as a little kid, but when we get grown up, we like to do it ourselves. You know, like the kids, they like to make things theirself in the, in the kitchen, and it's like destruction, right, in the kitchen. I want to do it. No, I want to do it. You know, but a lot of times, men and women, we like to like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save myself. You know that you can't save yourself, right? You can't nail yourself to the cross because the Bible, you always have a free hand or something free. But when you just take a gift, you know, it's hard to take a gift when we're an adult, right? Because we have this pride thing. It's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I can take care of it. But you see, Jesus wants to work out. You say, well, preacher, do Christians do work? Yeah, we do work for God. We work out our salvation after Jesus works it in. You see, but we're not doing the duty to get saved. We're doing a duty because we are saved. There's a difference. And you can't separate faith from works any more than Martin Luther said you can separate light from heat. Once you give your life to Jesus Christ and he's turned you upside down, that justification will give way to sanctification. You know that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, God does all the work. And I remember getting saved and I went home and I'm like, I am a different person. My world has been turned upside down. My music has been turned upside down. My, my watching goals, the things that I watch on, on TV, and now we don't have a TV, but we have, we call it watching, right? Because we've got devices and all kinds of things, but it's just a different world. We used to call it TV when I was, but you know what? You know why it's changed? Because my desires have changed. You know, when your desires that get turned upside down, when Jesus comes into your life, brethren, it's not Sunday. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, a lot of times people go to church and they're, you know, kind of like, comfortable in church they're around people like them and everybody's dressed up and has their sunday best on looking like facebook photos right everyone's like all excited and you know and uh, everyone's comfortable but then outside of church everyone's not comfortable everyone's stressed out everyone's unhappy and i was like you know what it's kind of different for for believers they come to church and they're uncomfortable, and God's dealing with their hearts. But you know, once they get it worked out, once they pray, once they come to God, once they take that step up in faith, outside of church, they're rejoicing. Outside of church, they're loving God. Outside of church, they're not all stressed out. Why? Because they did what God wanted them to do, and they're reaping the rewards of getting turned upside down. The Bible said, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. This guy at Winn-Dixie years ago, I think Brother Patterson was with me. He goes, hey, hey, keep the Ten Commandments. And I was like, what? Keep, keep the Ten Commandments. Like, I said, sir, if that was all that we needed to do, Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to come and be crucified. You know, the law can't justify you. It can only condemn you. But I didn't speed. But you didn't get a, you didn't get a lollipop just because you didn't speed. You just didn't get pulled over. You see, the law can condemn you. It can't justify you. And that Jesus said, knowing that, or it says in Galatians, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Well, I kept all the commandments. So you still have a sin nature that needs to be forgiven because of what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. The law isn't going to save you. It will just condemn you. 
It said, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, Paul wrote, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law and not by going to church and not by doing this and not by doing the other, that no flesh before by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You know that by doing things, I can't be justified only by believing Christ. About 500 years ago, there was a monk named Martin Luther. And he was praying and he began to realize, he said, all these works that I'm doing, it's not changing me on the inside. He was a Catholic monk and he aspired to be the best one that he could. And he started something called the Reformation about 500 years ago when he said, wait a second. He read in the Bible that the just shall live by what? Faith. If I get justified, it's not the works that I do. And brethren, the reason that I'm preaching today is because one man said, wait a second, I need to get my world turned upside down by Jesus Christ. And it was because he began to read the word of God. You see that once Christians begin to get Christ in their life, they start living upside down. That's why Christians look so weird. That's why Christians like, what are you doing? You say, preacher... Uh, it just turns upside down. We're supposed to live and then die, right? That's how the natural progression. But Christians, they do it the opposite. They die and then they live. Why? Because Paul, didn't he say, I'm crucified with Christ? Why? He's upside down. And then he said, nevertheless, ha I live. You know what the greatest problem is? You know what? God doesn't try to just remove the sin. God takes the sinner out of our life. That's us. And then when we get that death and we lose that sinner, then we can live with Jesus Christ. You know that the Bible says, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are we supposed to fight then surrender? Yeah, that's natural, right? But you know what you do in Jesus Christ? You surrender and then you fight the good fight of faith. Paul surrendered to Jesus Christ and he said, what wilt thou have me to do? And then he told Timothy, hey, Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. And he said, after that, he said, Timothy, I fought a good fight. And you know what? I finished my course. I have kept the faith. You see, but God begins to turn everything in our lives upside down when you become a Christian. You know what? That's good. You know, because the natural progression of things in life is to get myself stuff first. Me, me, and more me. That's the trinity of, of uh, before you know Jesus. Me, myself, and I. Right? The top three in your list, right? You know, it's interesting. If you read of the works of the flesh, which is just naturally what your body advertises that you want to do. You know what the first ones are? Adultery and fornication. Galatians chapter, uh, is that chapter five? Why is that? Because I want it. It makes me feel good. It doesn't matter if they've made a commitment to someone else. I want it and I'm going to take it. And that's why the works of the flesh, a lot of things that we want will lead us into a direction that doesn't have a good outcome. But because we're a Christian, you say, well, preacher, but it feels good. You know what? It does feel good initially, but the outcome is a thermonuclear disaster, okay, spiritually. The Bible says that we are to live upside down. We give first and then we get. You know that when we begin to live God's way, it makes a lot of sense. The Bible says, uh, 
Have you ever heard God say that in the Old Testament, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse? What's that? It's a tenth of what God blesses you with. A tenth. And he said, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven. And I believe he got some big windows up there. You know, you get these little windows, like, like the bathroom windows of these tiny little windows. Then you got some windows that don't even open at all. Some windows, if you live in an apartment, are supposed to open, that they don't open. You got some windows in vans that you're like, oh, window, I'm so hot. They go, and it like opens up like, you know, like an inch, right? So you can't even feel the wind, right? But you know that God's windows, I believe that they're huge windows. He said, I'll open the, the uh, sources of blessing and pour you out a blessing. And you know what he says? Good news or bad news, you're not going to have enough room to receive it. Peter found that out when the load of fish caused one of their boats to sink. Why? Because there's so many blessings. And he said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. What was that? That would destroy their crops, which were their investments. And it says, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And then he said, people are going to look at you and everyone's going to call you blessed. Why? Because you've lived upside down and blessed God first. You see, our priorities get changed in God. Christians begin to say, you know what, God? You first. You first. The Bible said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, when we put God first, God takes care of our other needs. But you know what the good thing is that God can take care of the emotional needs saying that if I just do it God's way, I don't understand how it's going to work, but I trust God's word that it's going to work. So a lot of times it's hard to be upside down because behavior change is hard. You know why? Because a lot of things that are bad for you have an immediate payoff that feels good. Gummy bears, immediate payoff. Krispy Kremes, immediate payoff. I mean, it's like dopamine hit or whatever. It's like, wow, Coca-Cola. I remember when I was working construction, and I'd get that ice cold Coke fountain drink and I'd sit it in my truck and, you know, turn up, you know, the AC and everything and take that first long pull through the straw. And it was just like, I wouldn't even wait. I'd do it in line probably, right? My grandma would open M&Ms in the store. She was going to buy them. You, you never did this before? And I'm like, grandma, you know, but she would just open the M&Ms in the store. She was going to buy them. She would be eating the M&Ms, right? Well, you know, because it's so, and I'm not knocking grandma. She used to, I used to just be like, kind of like, you can't do that. Well, she was going to buy the M&Ms, okay? But it's initially, man, it feels good. But if you eat M&Ms and you have Krispy Kremes all the time and drink soda all the time, down the road's not going to look so good. What's going to look like? Diabetes. <laughs> you know that a lot of times, you see, good changes in our life and the things of God in our life, you know what they bring? A delayed return of blessing. You say, well, preacher, it's no good. It's dumb to save. I saved $50 every check. You know what I got at the end of the month? $100, $200. It's dumb. It's useless. It doesn't work. I worked out and did 50 push-ups, and I don't look like the YouTube influencer. How long have you been doing it? Two weeks. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't work out like that, does it? You know that a lot of things in God, it's upside down. Uh, your, your brain wants you to value the present more than the future. 
You know what we need to do a lot of times when we get turned upside down? You know what investing is? It's for the future. You know, if you begin to walk, so like this one husband said, yeah, my wife, she started walking five miles a day, seven days a week. For how long? A year. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Is she in good shape? The husband said, I don't know. No one sees her. She's gone. But you know that a lot of times that we need to realize that the costs of our bad habits are in the future. Man, you can live any way that you want, eat anything that you want, do anything or not do anything, and it feels good now. When are you going to pay for it? In the future. But if you're a Christian and you live life upside down, you realize that the costs of good habits, you pay them right now. You say, I'm going to go walk, or I'm going to go exercise, or I'm going to eat right. Why? Because down the road... There's going to be a blessing. Down the road, the investments are going to pay off. You know, the Bible even says to Christians, be not weary in well-doing. You know, if you're doing the right thing, he said in due season, what's going to happen? Brethren, we are going to reap if we faint not. You see, because living upside down, the payment is, or the outcome and the blessings in the future, you're just paying right now. You know, you have to... Go for a walk or say, oh, preacher, but I, I've been doing it for three weeks. We'll do it for three years and see if that investment doesn't start paying off. Uh, hug your wife a lot for three years, but I've been doing it for three days, right? Do it for three years. See what the change is in your life. Go for a walk or I'm not some fitness guy, but you know, the long-term investments pay off. The Bible said these that have turned the world upside down. You know that uh, the life was so different that the Jews saw that they wanted to protect their investment in the works side of religion. But the Bible says, and I remember we were talking to this young lady, this is years ago, in a Walmart that doesn't even exist on 103rd. They knocked it down and built a bigger Walmart. So... But I remember uh, she was talking to my wife and, and she was trying to convince my wife of some doctrine that she believed. And it's an error that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are the same person. And we began to share with her scriptures that, that God is a trinity. And it's just the way the word trinity is not in the Bible. But the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, they're, they're spoken of as the Godhead. And it's just the way that... God is. And it said uh, that man will become one of us. Who is this guy said, oh, that was God talking to his angels. No, in Genesis, it was the father talking to the son, talking to the Holy Ghost. Jesus sat sitting on the right hand of who? The father. They're two separate people. That when the Holy Ghost came down on Jesus, God was, the father was in heaven bodily the holy ghost came down in the form of a dove bodily jesus was in the water bodily that's the father the son and the holy ghost so my wife was talking to this lady and you could see this lady's face get almost like anxious as if all of her doctrinal truths were crumbling around her you know that a lot of people believe certain things but when someone shares something from the bible it begins to cause them some anxiousness you know that the only thing that's going to stand is the word of god but when you're a christian the upside down living 
Everywhere you go as a Christian, whether it's Walmart, whether it's Steak and Shake or Chicken Steak or whatever you call it, but I'm thankful that you take God with you. Did you know that? Every time you walk into a restaurant, every time you walk into a a job site, you take God with you. You know, we can all influence someone by our life. I tell my daughter in the, in the morning, almost every time I drop her off at school, I said, how are we going to treat our enemies today? Well, you should just what? Kill them, spit on them, and trip them, right? Three things. How you treat your enemies. Not when you're upside down. Jesus said we're supposed to do something else. And I was a preacher named Rick Warren. He said, you can't win your enemies to Christ. Only your friends. You know, if their enemies, we're not going to win them because we hate them. We don't want them to get saved. He's like, God, kill them. No, God, don't kill them. You've heard it said, Jesus said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But Jesus said, but I say unto you, here's what you do. And I asked my daughter, what are three things that you can do to your enemies? Jesus said, love them. How do you love your enemies? Bless them. Do good to them. And pray for them. Why, preacher? That you may be the children of your father. You see, this upside down living, as if you would get Sister Bigelow, is all about influencing men and women. That there is a father in heaven that loves them. And everywhere you go, once people find out that you're a Christian, God will back you up. There was a, some time ago I was, at, I was working at Chase Bank, not as a teller, but on my hands and knees, fixing grout. What's that? The stuff in between the tiles, okay? So I was on my hands and knees. The bank hadn't opened up. There were lots of worker guys in there. And one guy liked to use the name of Jesus in vain. And you know what? I don't really care about people cursing. I mean, I don't, okay? But... There's one word that I really don't like, and it's when some uses the name of the Lord and they just begin to say Jesus Christ in a profane way. I just don't like that. And you know what? To each their own. I'm not saying that you should do what I did, okay? But I'm one of these upside-down Christians. You know, I just, I just upside-down people, right-side-up Christian, upside-down living. And so I was in this place, and I, have you ever talked to yourself, like with God, just in your heart? And I said, God, if he says it one more time... <laughs> It didn't take long, okay? He said it one more time. And I stood up and I walked right over to him and I said, hey, how you doing? There you go. That's what happened, right? And he looked at me with that, you know, tough guy look. And I said, I said, hey, you know someone, you know a friend of mine? And he said, you know, what are you talking about? Had that tough guy kind of. And I said, because you're calling his name, his name is Jesus. And he said, you said that on a job site? I absolutely did. And I said, and you're saying his name over and over again. And I said, he changed my life. He, he, he changed everything about me. And I said, I really don't appreciate you using his name like that. And he said, well, I believe in God. I said, dude, I said, dude, I know what you believe. I've been listening to you. Okay, you don't have to tell me. I've been listening to what you believe. And everybody else heard it too. And I told him, I said, you say that again? And I'm going to come right back here. (laughs) 
What did you tell him you were going to do? That I just said, you know, I'm just not going to allow that to happen. Were you going to do something that? No, but I was going to, he was going to have to contend with someone who loved Jesus. This just be right in his face and say, oh, you, you talking about my friend again? Now, uh, when I went back and played with my grout again, that was all I was doing. I wasn't the foreman. I was like the low man on the totem pole. You know what happened to that, that, that job site with the banter? It was quiet. No one, it sounded like a library in there. Why? Because the presence of God came to that job site. Because someone was living upside down. Brethren, you all have that influence if you'll just lift up your life for Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice for Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Say, but it's different. Right, but it's the power of God to them that believe. It's the power of God to change your life. It's the power of God to change someone else's life. You see... It's part of upside down living with heads bowed, eyes closed in reverence to the Lord. God wants to change everything about you. And he doesn't want you to work anymore if you haven't given your life to him. He just wants us to surrender and say, God, it's all yours. I don't want to fix anything. God wants you just like you are. But he loves you too much to leave you just as you are. So just give it to God and surrender and then you can live. Die to yourself and then live unto God. Surrender first and then pick up the fight for Jesus Christ. Begin to live in upside down. See what the word of God says for you and then begin to influence someone else in this world so much more as we see that day approaching when someone might call the hospice for us. Someone might call the, 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 the minister for our lives. One li- day that's going to be me. But until that day happens, I want to live for Jesus. I want to live upside down and lead men and women to a great change in their life. As you find a place to pray, to pray and let God be God. And let God turn things upside down. And then you can be upside down. And then you can influence others. To flip upside down and change. You know what? Prayer doesn't have to be a last resort. You can flip it upside down. Make prayer a first resort. Make worry a last resort. And let God be God. God can change things. Upside down living. You can rejoice now before you see it with your eyes. You can rejoice by faith. That's upside down. It's upside down living. You can rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. God, I claim it. I can taste it. That answer is mine. And I'm going to have the joy that comes with it in Jesus Christ. Because God is with me. He'll never leave me. And he'll never forsake me. God wants you to start living upside down. It starts with a commitment to Jesus Christ. And it never ends because he gives you eternal life and your life will go on for eternity, starting here and continuing forever in heaven. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And it's worth it, brethren. It's worth it all to live upside down. Lord, have your way, God. No! 